Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, settle our hearts. Open our minds. And give us ears in these next moments to hear and to understand your calling and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am going to date myself and probably some of you this morning. Does anybody here remember when television was free? <laughs> I thought there'd be a few of us. Remember those days when we had, what, maybe four or five channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, the one that as a kid I figured nobody ever watched. And then if you're from Chicago, it was WGN. I don't know what the local station was here, but usually it was about four or five stations, and it was all free. And then somebody found a way to make us pay for it. They called it cable, right? And all of a sudden there were all these channels. And you could choose. You could choose basic cable. You know, that's where you got the local stations that used to be free. And a few others, maybe CNN, TBS. If you weren't from Chicago, you could now get the glories of WGN and the Chicago Cubs. Maybe uh, the movie channel, the weather channel. And you paid a little bit for it, but it wasn't too bad. Or you could go premium. Now you could have hundreds of channels that you never watched, right? And you could get movie channels like HBO and Showtime and wasn't that cool? And the sports channels, all the different sports that you could watch. And then they had this idea, let's bundle it all together and you can get your internet and you can get your channels, your TV, your cable TV, and then you can get your cell phone. And then they added streaming channels like Netflix and Amazon. And suddenly what used to be free was hundreds of dollars a month. But I guess you get what you pay for. Sometimes we view Christianity as if it works like that. As if there are two options. Basic Christianity or premium Christianity. You know, basic, you know, that's basically where you're just a member who comes on Sunday morning. It's free, no cost to you. Now, to Christ, it costs everything. God paid an exorbitant price that you could be his. Jesus suffered and died to pay the price. And, and it comes, if you don't mind the comparison, it comes with free installation. We call it baptism. 
where God and the Holy Spirit comes and delivers to you all the gifts that Christ has won for you, forgiveness, life, salvation, gives it to you by water and the Word in the baptismal font. Gifts received purely by faith comes no strings attached. It's available to all who believe in Jesus. And then we think maybe there's premium Christianity. A lot of us think that's not for everybody. It's for those who, you know, are the kind of people who, anytime the church door is open, they're there. They serve on boards and teams at the church. They, they go to every Bible class, maybe even teach some. They, they belong to a small group, maybe to a couple of small groups. They're like Mr. Iverson, my, my seventh and eighth grade Sunday school teacher. My mom and dad said, man, he's at church so much, he should have been a pastor. Now, the thing about premium and basic is they both deliver the same gifts. For free. Forgiveness, life, and salvation. So one wonders why, why make all the sacrifice for that, that premium stuff? Oh, there are moments in life, moments of crisis when it pays, you know, when somebody you love dies, when it pays to get more serious about your faith. But you know, as soon as the crisis is passed, you can cancel the subscription. Just go back to being a member. You know what the problem is? There are not two kinds of Christianity. <laughs> Just isn't. Doesn't exist. Right? God only offers one kind. It's the kind that he held out to the apostles, the disciples, by the Sea of Galilee in Matthew 4 when he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Right? Just as he called those guys in the same way that he called Paul, in the same way that he called that man that they made carry the cross for Jesus to Golgotha, who became a Christian, because we know his name. God called you and me just the same, right? In baptism, he calls all of us to be disciples, not simply members, disciples. Whether we're a pastor or a lay member, whether we're a missionary or a little boy in Sunday school, he calls us just the same. And Jesus paid the same exorbitant price for all of us. 
not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He, Paul wrote, died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. That's the calling that Jesus is describing in today's gospel reading. If any one, notice he didn't say, if any of you 12, he didn't say, if any of you missionaries or pastors or DCEs, he says, if any one would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. That maybe sounds a little scary, challenging. I mean, we like, like forgiveness of our sins. We like a life where we know we're free from punishment and guilt. But then when Jesus starts talking about taking up on the cross, well, what in the world does Jesus mean? He doesn't mean, get this, he doesn't mean that you have to suffer and die for your sins. That's not what your cross means. Jesus bore that cross. Jesus paid that price. He died for the sins of the whole world once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. It's all done. It is finished. It's paid. There is now no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. Taking up your cross has nothing, get this, has nothing to do with you or I gaining favor from God. He loved you and me before he ever called us, before we ever believed, that's a done deal. You don't take up your cross to die for your sins. It does, however, mean that you need to be willing to die for your faith. Now, I know, as Americans, we don't we don't think in those terms. We live in this land of freedom, and at least for now, there's no such thing as us being martyred for our faith. But folks, every one of you who has been confirmed made this promise to suffer all, even death rather than fall away from your faith. So let's listen again to what Jesus says. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Jesus is calling you and me to deny ourselves. That's what taking up the cross means. That's, that's what Jesus did, right? You know, we know the story in the garden. He 
prayed, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. And then he denied himself. Nevertheless, not my will. Not what I want. But your will be done. That's not easy. Peter struggled with it. Right? I mean, when Jesus spoke of having to go and to die in Jerusalem, Peter wanted none of it. He wanted Jesus to go conquer his enemies, set up a kingdom, Jesus, where you and I and all the other apostles, we can live a, a good, prosperous life. But if, you have, if Jesus had to suffer and die, what was that going to mean for those who fought? Wouldn't, wouldn't that mean that that would be the same thing or could be the same thing for those who followed him? Peter didn't leave his fishing business to go die on a cross. And so the Bible tells us, what does it say? He says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine that? Took Jesus aside, began to rebuke him and saying, Far be it from you, Lord. He's, he's concerned about Jesus. Far be it from you, Lord. Actually, he's concerned about him. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus wouldn't hear it, wouldn't take the cross out of the equation for a minute. Get thee behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you do not have in mind the things of God things of men. We have the same struggle when following Jesus. We love a faith that where we are forgiven. We love a faith that tells us that God is taking care of us. A lot of us like a faith where we can just sit in church on Sunday mornings for an hour. Or, like somebody told me the other day, I really like this new way of doing church where I can stay in my pajamas and sit in my living room. Sorry if you guys at home thought you were out of this. Maybe we can volunteer a little or we can give God some of what's left over. But Jesus, don't be asking for any more than that. I mean, there are things that I want to do. There's, there's our house we want to get. There's our retirement we want to plan for. There's our trip that we want to take. There's our plans for our time, talent, and treasure, Lord. And therein lies the problem. We are focused on ours. Oh, you are our plans, our retirement, our comfort, our time, talent, and treasure. I want you to hear well the warning that Jesus speaks. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul, what shall a man give in return for his soul? 
That's Jesus saying, are you sure it's worth it? All that our stuff. Because when we focus on our stuff, we're focusing on stuff that doesn't last. We're focusing on treasures that moth and rust destroy. Uh, that thieves can break in and steal. And if you keep chasing after all that stuff, Jesus says, you and I risk losing everything, forfeiting even our own soul. Only his kingdom lasts forever. That's why Jesus calls us to be more than simply members. He calls us to be disciples. He calls us to deny ourselves. Take up the cross and follow him. Now, are those hard words? Yeah. In fact, for you and me, impossible. And that's why maybe the most important words that Jesus spoke in our text were the first words, the ones that got Peter all riled up. That's why Jesus told his disciples that the Son of Man must go to Jerusalem and be killed. Because folks, only Jesus could be everything that God wants. Only Jesus could live the perfect life that we fail to live. Only Jesus could offer his obedience in our place. Only Jesus could, by denying himself and taking up the cross, pay the price for our sins. Only Jesus could conquer all of that by rising again on the third day. On Only Jesus could come in something as simple as water and the word and wash away our sins and adopt us into God's family. Only Jesus could put his spirit into our hearts, the spirit that convicts us about our selfishness, that turns us away, that works repentance in here so that we day by day turn away from that selfishness and turns towards him. There's a, there's a friend I have who likes to tell the story of when God helped him to understand this. And believe it or not, he was working on a stewardship campaign in his church. It was a campaign where they went around and they did home visits and they talked to members about they were giving, what they were giving. And, and he said, you know, in the middle of that pastor, I thought, I'm a hypocrite. Who am I to be out here talking to them about what they're giving when I'm giving God the leftover?" Because I got the things that I want and that I want to do with my life. And, and he said, that's when, that's when God helped me to understand that the reason he had given me everything he had given me, he said, the reason he had blessed me was so that I could be a blessing to other people. He says, so, he says, Pastor, so now we have a plan. We've got our kids are taken care of after we die. And our goal is that the rest of it would be gone by the day we die. And he was one of the most generous men 
I've ever met my whole life. Folks, the lesson that God taught him is the lesson I'm praying that God would teach me and teach you that God has called me, called us to a life that follows Jesus. A life that so trusts him that we're not afraid to deny ourselves. We're not afraid to take up whatever the cross is in each of our lives. And I'm not talking about here at church, in every area. That we would take up our cross to serve others just as Jesus took up his cross to save us. And that we would do so with confidence in this promise of Jesus that's here on the screen. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God, which pass all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.